Working on a night moose Trying to lose some awkward teenage blues <laughs> Working on a night moose Thought you were bringing plumbers in, man. Right? Not singers. What's going on there? Oh, he was ahead of his time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having Thanks us so back. much for coming back, Aaron, and yeah, bringing pleasure. a few of the lads to the show. Yeah. This is just a small, small portion group. of it, right? Yeah, yeah. This is just a couple of people that were willing to come and embarrass <laughs> themselves. <laughs> yeah, I got a text in London at noon, said, hey, be at the shop for 2 p.m. Today? Yeah. Today yeah. you got the call? Yeah. Well, I told them last week, and then I forgot to remind them. To told Last Switch week you. over beers, <laughs> so you don't remember it at that point. <laughs> and then everything went crazy on a Monday morning, like it usually does. Yeah, so of course. Like, you know, yeah, I got a call about a half hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's like forty-five uh, minutes okay. to be precise. <laughs> How did he propose it to you, Meg? Uh, to the same way. I knew he had to leave the shop at two thirty today, and at about two twenty-eight, he asked if I wanted to come. <laughs> so that's how we roll. Scoured my bag for lipstick, and here I am. And there you go. It's good. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm grateful that you set it all up and got everybody out here so we can actually talk about expert plumbing. Yeah, awesome. And drains as well. So yeah. do you want to, Aaron, introduce yourself and then introduce the team that's here? Yeah, Aaron Bowland, owner of Expert Plumbing and Drains. With me today, we have Jay. Yeah, so Jay or Jason. Uh, been doing this for about five or six years, right out of high school, and been loving it ever since. How young are you? Me, I'm 23. It's actually 12. Yeah. 12, <laughs> 12 and a half. I'm 13, 13 next year. <laughs> and then Meg? Uh, I'm Meg. I've been with Expert for eight months now. Um, I'm the office manager, and I'm loving it there. And then uh, my name's Dakota. I've been doing this for going on about eight years now. I uh, just got my journeyman's license about this time last year. I've uh, been working with Aaron for pretty much most of this time. And it's been uh, a lot of ups and downs, but everything's kosher so far. Around. <laughs> Unleash your voice on the Construction Life podcast community. Are you passionate about the world of construction, trades, and all things building related? The Construction Life Podcast wants to hear from you. Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is a mortar that holds our podcast together. So share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why the Construction Life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the over 400 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on our site. Check out www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on social at TCL underscore The Construction Life. Subscribe to our video channels on YouTube and Rumble. Check out our link tree and find exclusive discounts for listeners. The link is in the IG bio. Join the conversation on Facebook, the Construction Life community. How did I want to start off by how did you guys find out about him and his business? How, mine's, where's the, uh, mine's a bit of a long story. So oh, they're all long stories. <laughs> so I'll mine, give it. mine starts off with Mike. I don't know if we've mentioned Mike before. Let's mention Mike. Mike is where you were to mention. Yeah. I did oh, yeah. mention him a little bit. Mike, last Mike time. is who? Mike Cox. He's the man. Oh, wait, you mentioned boss. him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So everybody's got. 
you know, the one guy type of thing. Like, yeah. Not to say, like, we have a few one guys, but Mike is the brains of the operation. He's uh, been in the business maybe 25 years. I'd say more. The first stab in any way. He knows everything. And, yeah, been there, done it, seen it, you know. And he, he allows us to take it to the next level, right? Because, yeah. again, I'm, what, 37 years of age, limited knowledge. You know, you got to learn by trial by fire for the most part. So, yeah. Yeah, he gets he's good at making decisions when no one else can. He's very easy at just saying, yeah. well, what, what are the steps that we need? Like, what, ha- what needs to happen, you know? He's not afraid to make a decision. Yeah, and he's good at what he does. So regardless of age and anyway, like when Mike was 25, 30, I'm sure he was still the guy, like, you know? Old as <laughs> so, uh, Younger 50s. Older yeah. than time? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm old. <laughs> He's older than time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh he was my neighbor. I've known really? Mike since I was like a toddler. Like, yeah, well, my, my neighbor. Yeah, years weird ago. story. Yeah, just you know, the way it's small world. Like, so Dakota and him were neighbors. Like, when you were a yeah, kid, like, I what are the odds of that, huh? Well, I would say a small world, but yeah. Yeah, no. So, uh, so yeah, I worked for another company in Hamilton. I did a co-op in high school. Uh, I got. To, they hired me for the summer. I worked for about a year. Didn't get signed up. I wanted to get signed up and was kind of waiting there, saying they would. So eventually, Did I got. Did you tell them at the beginning? That oh, it's it was. They knew it was kind of. Anyone watching this who knows about apprenticeships knows like, it's more money for them than now they got to sign you up. So they yeah. were waiting. Um, I didn't get signed up for probably two years, and that's when that's I had a, a family member. Yeah. Who knew Mike, Mike's wife, and. Basically, they'd heard stories about Mike complaining that he needed an apprentice, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can do that. So set up a coffee. I met him at uh, Tim Hortons. The next day, I was signed up as an apprentice. Uh, so it was a mess around. There was no mess yeah. around. And the next point, week, like... I had my own van, and uh, I, he was sending me my own jobs. and Trial by fire. Yeah, I've been <laughs> yeah. in the deep end when you're 19 years old, 20 years old. But Were you ready? Oh, yeah. I, even, if I wasn't, ready? even if I wasn't, I still did what I had to to make sure I was ready, you know? I've always loved, always wanted my own van. That was my biggest thing, so. Jay shows up ready, he's one of those guys. <laughs> Mike gave me a van, I came the next day, like, making sure I was ready, you know? Yeah, he he's he shows up early, making sure his stuff is in order. He's not a last minute type of I don't want to open my know? door and the customer say, what? On in your van, you know, and stuff you want it to be able I want to look like a garage when you go out and say, Oh, that's how he does it. Yeah, and Mike is very the same as well. Like, Mike is a yeah, you know, when he when I read that book, uh, The Myth of the Entrepreneur, yep. teaching you about the different personalities, and Mike is a manager, it's uh, you know, it's his way is to manage. So, Jake fit in very well with him, and he, he could, he's very prepared, like, you know, so. yeah, he reminds me a lot of my dad and the way we get along, like, uh, we don't butt heads too much, I just kind of ignore him whenever things get too heated, I'm just <laughs> whatever, you know, like, obviously, you're gonna get angry, he's it's a generational thing, so I kind of understand that. I remember counting boxes in Mike's garage, you know, he had a shop this big, and we'd be in there, he'd be sitting at his desk, I'd read him off, uh, 20 90s, he'd check them off, you know, we'd be counting all his fittings in his shop, he'd have a list of every piece everything he had in that shop like he knew exactly what he had like he's very meticulous when he sets things up he'll send you to a job with not one thing missing and not one thing extra like he'll give you exactly what you need because there's more work involved if you have exactly more and there's more work involved if you got less there's more mess there's more everything right like he's just very good at setting jobs up. More smart, huh? yeah well it's what allowed us to get to the next level and when i met mike and you know he's teaching me these ways and then you got a crm 
and then you put your input in there and then you get guys going out on the road and you can you know with confidence you know you're not going to be at a loss you're going to send six eight guys out or put eight trucks on the road and you don't have a way of tracking material or for these guys to even have a way of billing it out or you know you'll find yourself in a fast mess how is he able to like i'm trying to figure out you know what the job is what the scope is i guess where does it all begin does it begin with who's estimating and myself and mike and mike right so you guys are estimating so you talk about fittings which is something that i learned from individual trades being a gc where you guys listed everything you understood what was the scope of the work and then what was needed in that scope of the work so you guys would estimate things you already get an idea you're given that estimate that scope and all of a sudden you know exactly how many fittings or what path or what's necessary to get that scope done yes how precise can you get with that i can get down pretty precise like sometimes i've looked at a few jobs on the smaller side but like if i'm able to go do one even on my own on the side or something like that you know if you're doing the job yourself like sometimes it can be off if mike's quoting it and i go there and i'm 20 years 30 years younger than him and i say oh this code changed that that code changed i can do it this way we don't need all this stuff that's when you can run into problems but it's not a problem at the end and at the end of the day it just comes down to how can we work better together to avoid that so i've talked to mike about maybe getting me and him on a site to go over our plan and then do a fitting it's count. a nice bookend if you think about it mm-hmm. like old and new right well the, what i always tell the lads is it's so when we get into estimating pretty much we're dealing with fixture costs and you know yep. taking a rough idea of a job when you get more into the commercial side of things industrial where there's an actual takeoff so like we're sticking to engineer drawings yep. which is a different league of plumbing or a different aspect of plumbing more to speak so say when they're doing a home um, like these guys are all trained in plumbing the way we train we bring an educator in and we have a strategy for training so what tends to happen when they go to the site is that they're not going to vent every single fixture they're not going to price this over estimate yeah so we're not giving them diagrams to say like we were saying, he was saying earlier, Mike could get him a fitting down to the T. When he was a first year, Mike would get him a fitting down to a T. But now where you send and get an estimate done, he doesn't have to plummet the exact way because he's at a stage now where he can figure it out himself. But that fitting down to a T, that was almost like a wax on, wax off, Daniel exactly. Sin, Miyagi like, kind of thing. He used to he drop me on, you. he'd leave me on site yeah. and then he'd come back and now I see it. I can see what he was doing. Before yeah. I'd be like, oh, man, this guy's leaving me here. But I thank him all the time now. Like, if I wasn't there on my own in London in the middle of the night trying to figure something out, like, wouldn't be as able to solve things as I am now, you know? Okay, so now over to you guys, the connection here to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I uh, start, like, we all worked at another company, but I don't know if we're allowed to mention names, but... Just some other company. Um, yeah, we worked for another company. Uh, I was actually started as a summer student because I actually didn't intend on becoming a plumber. So I started doing welding. I was actually in the union. That actually fell through. It was very dirty. Didn't really feel like actually doing it. Um, and then I think, yeah, that summer, um, I cold called the company my uncle actually used to work for. That's how I got in there. And then met him, met Aaron. Uh, he kind of took me under his wing and was like, you don't want to be doing all this drain service stuff. Kind of got me signed up. And now we're here. 
a little fast track of it. And Meg? Um, I had a career in Europe, and then I came back to Canada and had a career here, and then um, was home with the kids during COVID and was out of what my previous career was for a few years. And I was like, okay, now I need to go get a job again, and I'm starting from zero. And uh, my husband... serendipitously Ian found it uh job posting saying they need someone who gets stuff done that was the exact quote that we that read was a, that was a search criteria mm-hmm. that, that was stuff done that was I the I don't think it was a swear word but I definitely <laughs> I definitely custom tailored my yeah, resume to I get stuff done <laughs> and uh I went in and I met with Aaron and Danielle and the minute I found out they were from Dublin I was like this is gonna go well and then my husband's from Dublin. That's where I used to live. And then uh, when I started talking to Aaron, Aaron's like, I've got these plans. I've got these ideas. I want to go places. And I was like, this is going to be perfect. <laughs> so I'm just... So the business wasn't already getting there, but you were planning on getting there oh, at yeah. that time. No, at that time, we're still in full effect. When you joined, we had maybe 10 employees. I was the 10th. You were the 10th. Yeah. And now we have 16, maybe? Yes. Yeah, so we're on the way regardless. Um, what mainly with Meg is, I, I think in your interview, I kind of, did I walk into the room towards the end? And yes. What, what was the question I asked? It was like, um, what did I say? I said, how are you with systems and processes or something like that? And like, that was your thing. Like, I can't remember the exact answer you gave me. And I literally went, you're hired. Like, when do you start? I, I am it was as simple as one question. And it, like, that's what I wanted. I, I don't know what I specifically <laughs> said that day. But basically, yeah. I am passionate about micro-efficiencies. Yeah. And he was like. There you go. It's yep. an answer to his question. Documentation is my friend. <laughs> your other career has nothing to do with construction? Uh, absolutely not, no. I just want to know. I'm just curious like, about that. I don't need to know about them, but it was, I was in, uh, you coming into this industry is completely different. And, and how are you tackling that? I, in Europe, I worked in international markets, global finance. And then when I came back to Canada, I couldn't do the same thing here because the qualifications didn't transfer. So I retrained and worked as a software engineer and wrote tax software. And then Sounds I was home like for three years with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, but... Um, <laughs> Um, so I do like documentation and numbers and uh, uh, finding better, more efficient ways of doing things that have better benefits. I, yeah, I like micro-efficiencies. Are your tasks handled, like how do you handle your tasks off-site? Because it, it's easy for you guys, right? We know this. You get on a job site, you can see the map of what you need to do before you've even done it. But you, you're looking at what they need to get done, and you're not seeing that same visual. You know what I mean? Um, I don't have much to do with the specifics of plumbing. Um, that I defer to them all the time. And he, like, I would never, ever speak to the amazing craft that they all work really hard at to be proficient in. Um, I'm very good at visualizing the um, processes and the policies and the procedures and the things that they need to do from a back-end perspective or the things that um, we need to provide as a company. I'm speaking as a company, sorry. um, That we need to provide as a company to facilitate having the best employees. And to have the best employees, you have to offer the best employer service. 
And that part I can visualize quite easily because it doesn't involve pipes. No, I, I didn't mean that it, like you didn't have the knowledge or the experience of it. Because what I respect about you, Aaron, is when we first met and we started talking, is that you looked at the business side of plumbing instead of the trade side of plumbing first. Yes. Which we all know through anybody that's successful in this industry, yeah. if you look at the business side, then it's a no-brainer that the people will connect with you on that level. Yeah. And then the skill side, it will just naturally fall in place yes. because everybody has the skills to do that. Yeah. So you're kind of, you're still treading in our waters regarding when I say that you do know the trade without actually being the tradesperson is what I'm trying to get at by that. You if that's a compliment, thank you. No, no, it's <laughs> totally, it totally is because you, for lack of a better word, are organizing widgets. You're, you're, you're understanding the business side of things, but these guys and their tasks are the, the little details that are involved in the business. So you're just moving, I guess, the chess pieces around to make yes. the game win. Like I gotta say, like, as far as like service and stuff goes, like it's like it's been way more streamlined ever since she started. Oh, thank you. Like it's amazing in the yeah, office. Like You've never had an office lady like Meg. That's for sure, I'll tell you. So you yeah. guys see it. Like you oh, all it's, the time. It's been so a she night understands day exactly what you guys have to do as a tradesperson. It's not only that. It's that she'll answer the call. If not, she'll call you immediately right back. And it's always, sh there's no attitude, and that's a big thing. Like I'm not saying like everyone has attitude, but I'm saying she's always friendly, and that's a big part. Uh, she's always willing to do what you ask. Like this morning, I was like, oh, I have a dentist appointment Wednesday morning. I called Megan and said, hey, do I have any jobs? Is there anything pressing Wednesday? I was like, can you book that time off my board? No problem, done. Just like that. Like, just like that. My, She's always My there. job is to facilitate all of the office backend stuff so you guys can focus on the important stuff that you're doing that's actually fixing problems in the world. I just fix the problems so that, that from the backend you guys don't need to be bothered with. It's like when we show up on a job site, it's like, everything's there it's like we got the phone numbers the address any other contacts the names like lock what we have code. to do yeah lockbox like stuff simple stuff like that it's, it's just always there now and she gets better every day because let's say um she learns things oh next time i'm gonna ask for a lockbox because jay said oh yeah. like maybe you should start doing that or ask for pictures if this is if you get a call and they're saying something along this lines ask them for a picture because we need a picture or a faucet you know what i mean and then she always gets pictures of faucets if we're going to replace one. So we can just things like that. So, Aaron, are you like, are you being spoiled because you're right out of the gate? You're achieving this versus your story is like you're bored out of your mind listening to the music and, and you're being asked <laughs> to grab a hot fitting there and burn yourself. And you didn't know whether to cry or hit the guy. And then I don't know that like you had a little bit of experience with welding. So it's like we know that this is not the norm, guys, by the way. I just want to say that having an efficient business like this is not the norm. Not at sure. all. For many years, it was not like that. And then in the last few years or so, it's really like tightened up and gotten way more streamlined. Yeah, the thing about when I got into this is the, the, the first thing I wanted to do was that I've seen it done wrong too many times. Yeah. So when I said to myself, I'm like, right, if I want to do this, I want to do it in a way to know that it's something that will outgrow me. It's something that I want to say. It, 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 it's not a number. Like a lot of people say, oh, you want to be a 100% owner or whatever. Like I hope to have a board of directors and partnerships and, you know, like taking it to really the next level. And the strategy is to have a place that's good to work. When I'm employing people, the very first question I ask is, what do you want to do? Like what? Like I don't want to just give you a job because you show it up. I want you to come and tell me what the job you're looking for 
deal is. And then my strategy is to see if I can place you within the company, right? So it's like at each time there's a different strategy for the person that you may want to hire. So it's very hard to work on systems and processes when you're small. But if you don't make that hire pretty early, what tends to happen, like Dakota was saying, it wasn't always this clean, is that you got to juggle doing everything. At one stage, I was doing the estimates, I was doing the work, and I was giving direction to four guys. Mm-hmm. It's but you were noticing that it wasn't efficient. It's definitely not efficient. It's, it's next to impossible, and you pretty much born out. But that's the fear, right, with any business. You guys are analyzing this business, trying to figure out how to be more efficient, get you eventually off the tools and just managing the business to eventually get to the point where you grow something else at that point. Yes. But but then you leave it in great hands that any new plumber that comes into the business, they understand the expert mindset. Yeah. So then they can just thrive in that business. You're not interested in having people come in for six months and get out. No. You're interested in finding out what their top skills are yeah. and putting them in the right position to hone those skills. Of course. And then keep growing and then attract other plumbers to come Big on board. I, I separated from jobs to careers. You know, at some stage you're giving out jobs. And we do have a couple of guys, you know, maybe are here for a job. But the majority of people are here for a career. And then, you know, nice. the next step in your career, oh, everyone here is here for a career, that's for sure. And it's like, and I say it to them all the time, like, well, where can we go with this? Like, what's the next step? What does that look like? You know, and recently with the heating things, Dakota and Jay, for the last year, you know, have been training in hydronic heating and you know uh that's just something. in-house yeah in-house and on your dime on aaron's dime yeah. yep because you see the return on that dime yeah because r- really now it's that like dude, i've opened up a whole new industry not only for myself but for these guys to allow themselves to be challenged you know to go back to learning together so even after being qualified there's further learning we're working in the shop together we're working with educators and uh, you know it allows them to earn more money it allows me to earn more money it allows the growth and and it's great like yeah, it feels like, honestly it feels like you're in school for like the, like for myself the last like five years even though i'm out of school now i'm still in school on site is always the best school i wish oh, that yeah. they would just take the school and put it on site right literally yeah like for me when I was doing my last two intakes, they're both during COVID, and that was brutal because it was all online. I'm like, how do you? You can't. Y- yeah, you just trades can't. about being there, touching, exactly. understanding, communicating. With yeah, people. I'm pretty sure my math class. I don't know what your math class was like, but it was just like the teacher one day was like, "All right, here's all your courses or like all your assignments. I'll see you in eight weeks." I yeah. guarantee <laughs> you, fifty percent of his class had to have failed. I don't know. I wouldn't have been able to pass it. No, I, mean, I wouldn't I, have. I yeah. wouldn't have had. I think they're just smarts. giving them out at that point. They're like, "Yeah, he showed up." Yeah, but you still had to write your final <laughs> yeah, after you did, that, yeah. which was like no easy challenge. When the majority I know most of the, the guys that uh, like they did their final intake, but like I know for myself, like I waited like almost another year before I even challenged my final or my uh, CFQ. Okay, that was most of the guys as well, just because they. Didn't feel like they learned anything. This show is brought to you by Dahl. With Dahl, you receive a lifetime of reliability, not only in the product they make, but in the service they provide. From design to manufacture to technical support, with Dahl, you don't just get a great product. 
you get a team of expertise. Join the thousands of satisfied doll customers and experience the doll difference. As a GC, I can confidently say that doll means receiving a lifetime of reliability. It's not just about the exceptional products they manufacture, but also the outstanding service they provide every step of the way. From the initial design phase to the meticulous manufacturing process, Doll demonstrates their commitment to excellence. Everyone knows I respect care and construction. Check out Doll at www.dollvalve.com and also on social at Dollvalve. Meg, you're, is your husband in the trades? No, absolutely not. He's okay. a designer. He's a designer. Uh, so what's, what was your perception of the trades before you got into this industry? Um, Did you have any? That... They're just really, really hardworking people that I don't have to watch how much I swear around. <laughs> That's the only difference no, from an o- from like a more traditional, like modern office. I can swear more around these guys, and they don't to uh, add an eye. No, yeah. it's not swearing. swearing. It's just um, yeah, no, just uh, just the very hardworking, and it's physically demanding versus. Um, mental hard work that's a different kind of uh demanding it didn't i didn't i didn't have a negative opinion about the trades if that was what you were no, asking it was more of if you had a stereotypical opinion about the trades what the majority of people think a tradesperson does blue collar just dirt hands stuff like that right um no you didn't see i didn't that. No. You see hardworking individuals. They're providing a service. They're providing for themselves and their families, and they're working in this amazing industry. I admire and strive to be surrounded by intelligence and competency, and Aaron is very much both of those things. A couple times I've called him a genius for things he's come up with. Um, (laughs) It's just a different kind of genius that they are. It's not uh, – I'm sure somewhere – not our company. There are tradespeople who aren't as um, exciting and awesome to be around. Unfortunately, I haven't encountered them because everybody at our team is awesome. But I just like being around people who get stuff done. So all employees are expert plumbing are paid for promotional reasons. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, but then also the flip side, you guys see the value of having somebody that understands that business side like oh, yeah. it's it's almost a downfall of small businesses if they don't have a meg if they don't have somebody you need it i said that even on the last yeah, several times right yeah, it's so it's valuable 100 percent. and you know i would even consider it like in 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 the early stages it's definitely worth because the problem with it is is that it's a labor burden like there's not i can't charge out for meg's time but what I can do is that make sure with Meg that the time that I'm charging for these guys is efficient and we're getting the right dollar, yep. even from running profit and loss on jobs. So, you know, and as things start to grow really fast, it's like, okay, we're estimating at this cost, but we're also growing. So mm-hmm. it's like, how do you measure that? And how often do you measure that? Right? Because if you're going to go from four guys to eight guys to 11 guys to 16 to 25 didn't you know like it's not like you're hiring one guy at a time no it doesn't work that way yeah so and 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 what tends to happen and where we're at right now is that because we can get jobs done so fast now we have a lot of bigger companies reaching out to us 
where they want more work done quicker. They know we have the manpower. So now for next year, we imagine having twice the crew because of the, the job size is getting a lot larger. But that's also, wouldn't you say that has a lot to do with the brand that you presented into the market? Like the word is getting out there from your competition, not looking at you as competition, but as a collaborator. Sure. And all of a sudden you're like, let's hire them to come on and we'll, they'll help us achieve these other scopes that we're planning on doing. Yeah. Because we don't have the manpower to pull it off or maybe the experienced manpower to pull it off. Yeah, I, I, I think it's both. Um, yeah, a, 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 a bit of both, like yeah. the experience and the manpower. Um, and then, you know, for a lot of people, I think what it mostly is, is that, and I've said it before, if you don't have some type of gauge or handle on the numbers, you wouldn't, you'll always be afraid to take that risk. And, you know, you won't know if you can even afford to get into the bigger jobs. Like just say on the heating side of things, our first couple of jobs, like I, I have enough in, in, the, in the cash account to float a few jobs. So we don't have to worry about our first three jobs to get in there and say be profitable. Now, if I was to say, let's get into the heating side of things, but we need to make sure that I can't lose money on the first job. How would you ever start? You can't. You can't, no. right? So unless you have somebody in the office. I wouldn't want to be on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> right? You guys aren't interested in going to work for a failure. No. no. The pressure's too hard. Like yeah. the, the pressure is hard enough for what they, you know, like and all trades guys have equal pressure because everyone has a similar story, whether the power is off or the water is not on or whatever it is. You, like you're coming, you got to get it done. So they don't want to be working in conditions where on top of that, they come back, the job is done, you put in all the hard work, and then it's like, yeah, but it's at a loss, so fuck it. Like, you know. I think that Hamilton's slightly different when it comes to co-op, but what was what was the sales pitch from the co-op teacher for I you? Was, I'm from Hamilton, so I was born and raised in Hamilton. So I, So they got a sense of, but how when they presented it to you, like... So it went like option. this, I wanted to be an electrician, and I went there, <laughs> and I realized that day that a lot of other kids <coughs> had signed up for that, and I said that like what else you got i said you got any elevator they're like no and then the one guy goes oh my buddy's a plumber i can see if he's got any spot for co-op so then that's how he sold me he said my buddy's a plumber and you want to give it a shot so i gave it a shot and first couple weeks i was out there i mean the guys i worked with there's probably 14 different people that i bounced off of on any given like in those two years it was from him to him to him to him like it didn't matter you know and uh, not much on the co-op other than they make a bit of money off you for the first five months, you know? Like, that's how they sell yeah, it to you. Yeah, that's all it is, right? Yeah. But, I mean, the whole idea is eventually they'll take you on board. Exactly, and that's a bit upsetting when you get taken on board and you're like, I'm going to be licensed by 22, and now I'm 23, and I still got another year left. And it's like, what the heck, you know? I should have been signed up five months into my, or a year into after doing it, but... You get held back. And Is, isn't there more value, though? You guys correct me if I'm wrong, but as a business owner, it's almost short-sightedness by getting a co-op student, not taking them on as an employee. It also could have been in that spe- a certain circumstance yeah. that the boss's son was also starting that year <laughs> and needing wanting to be signed up. So that could also have something to do with it. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, like, getting a kid come in, do the co-op, and then all of a sudden don't hire them, get another kid, do the co-op and then don't hire them, keep on doing that as a business owner, that's not making your business grow. 
But if you take that kid and you train that kid and they get better and they want to improve and they want to learn, they want to educate themselves and they become an employee, they're contributing to your business now. Isn't that what they're doing? Yeah. Like Which we is also got to get a kid that right. like wants it too. Yeah. yeah. You're just frustrating people. have to have the availability and the ratios. You have ratios. to have a journeyman to match to that apprentice. You can't just have a bunch of apprentices. Yeah. Yeah, like when so, I started, what was it, like two to one or something? No, it's one to one. one, one. Yeah, one. one. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was still one to one. Three three there. It, it, not in any time I've been in Canada, you know, so I've only ever experienced in it's Canada one to one. Yeah. Well, that's Which how they say you can get a learning industry. experience. How else would you, you know? Like, technically... Yeah. You have to have a one-on-one experience is what they're saying. We brought in a co-op student who was our first one um, last year, was it? Yeah, probably. I'd take probably. probably a year ago. And, uh, you know, what we found for him was that he actually, his parents had a fund for him for education. So we told him, go and do your gas. Go get your gas ticket. If ever you had a chance to, you know, get paid to do something, go get a ticket that will assist in being a plumber. Yep. So that's what he did. He basically signed up for that, and he'll go now for the next year and a bit. And when he comes back, he'll come back as a as a gas guy. So then at least then I can start him somewhere where he's not, you know, it's, it's 2023, 24 now. So it's, you know, get, gone is the day where you can give someone... Ten dollars an hour to assist you, type of thing, right? Everybody needs a livable wage, and it's like, what's a livable wage when you want to be a helper? Yeah, that's 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 a very difficult thing for businesses and anyway, all employers, right? And an employee, because as much as you want to learn, you want to make some money too. So we said, go get your ticket, come back. At least they can now pay you as. You know, you can fire up a boiler or something. Even if you don't have the experience, you can yeah. go with a guy that doesn't have the ticket. Bounce off each other. Right? You got a guy like the Cody, he doesn't have a, a gas ticket, but he, he can certainly do the install. And, and then learn and grow. Oh, yeah. right? That's Always. the whole objective of a tradesperson, right? Yeah, so then you trade that off. You take in one of these kids that can actually, you know, bring a bit of value to the company, put him with a guy that knows what he's doing, and then you can pay him fairly, and there you go. Like, this is a bit of a strategy, you know? Why not go the union route, that traditional? Um, Union, like, I wouldn't say that it's out of our future altogether. I think that, you know, a lot of people know about the stigma of the union and what we say about the union. Uh, You know, I'm not saying that those things are true or whatever, that people are lazy there and that. I know. I wasn't even getting to that point. I was just like, listen, I got my opinion about the union and... (laughs) There could be a knock on the door at any given time, right? Just yeah. to make that stereotype come alive. But I was saying that what I'm respectful about your business is that you're treating your employees and you're building your employees almost in the same way that unions were originally designed to do for the employees. Of course. That's where I was going with it. Oh, okay. So you're offering the same benefits and the same opportunities and all kinds of stuff like that. So it's like without the union stigma, I guess, attached to it. it that's exactly, you, that's what I'm trying to achieve, to be honest with you. Because you see the value of that, <coughs> yeah, well, not the corruption part of it, right? Yeah. Not so saying all unions are corrupt. I'm just no, saying 100%. that. We brought in a financial advisor last week, and Meg had a meeting um, with another financial person yep. last week too. Yep. Um, we, again, part of like getting the best employees is providing the best employer service. Yeah. Um, so we have now started quarterly breakfast and learns. And so we brought in a financial planner who came and everybody got breakfast and just sort of went through 
a whole bunch of things to think about for saving for your own retirement to if you want to buy your first house to different things thinking about children's educations depending on what stage in life the guys were at and then Not after life. that <laughs> i uh i met with another um banker from the same company and uh we went all through how we're going to at some point in the future don't hold me to a date but soon Soon, we've done all the research. It's just um, you can't have everything day one. Sometimes things do take um, steps and a little bit of time. But um, to create and facilitate having pension programs for all the guys on the job. So they... Profit share pension program. Yeah. Uh, it's called a so deferred profit sharing plan. I think that's the right acronym. Um, and so that way... Um, Whatever they want to contribute to a certain amount will match, and they can grow them themselves with what uh, where their situations are, and we can always change it and increase it. We're not locked into a very specific thing. We can, as the business grows, we can offer more, which is one of the things that is really awesome about Aaron, that he cares about people that way. And, um, yeah, I've got a few more breakfast and learns. I'm lining up for the rest of the year, and we're... When the RBC guy was over, like he was showing us a strategy that basically if you started an apprentice at 20 years of age, if you stuck with the company and for, I think it was $5,500 a year in a compound retirement fund, that basically at 65, there'd be a million dollars sitting in that account. So again, like for me, you know, the worst thing that could happen to me in my eyes is that the code has been with me since the start of his apprentice. Jay has been with me now for the majority of it. And, you know, my team is like an extended family. There's none of these guys I could look in the eye at the end of the day and say, thanks for your service. Mm -hmm. It's just not that simple, like you know. So it's like, and I've heard people on the show and people say it before, it's that it all boils down to profit percentage. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like, you know, I don't want to show up in my Porsche and these guys say, look at this fucking asshole. I don't have a Porsche, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> someday, please God. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying is yeah. that like there, there's much more value um, for myself as an as an employer and as an as an entrepreneur to strategize my business where people you know feel good, right? It's like so that that's majorly important. It makes a lot of sense. But you're rare too, right? I understand that. Very not oh, a yeah. lot of. I mean, to be very yeah. honest, guys, you guys be honest about it, but. Do you know anything about that financial side of being a tradesperson? Were you already thinking about financial planning, about your retirement? You're getting into the game. Were you thinking about your getting out of the game part? Now, my game was just trying to get into the game at all. Just get on the ladder. Just get on the tools and stuff. But you want to make your money grow as best as possible without it being taken away from our almighty government, right? For sure. Yeah. It was nice. It was refreshing that the company allowed that because I... I set up an RSP not too long ago, um, and I remember it was hard for me to find that time, so it was nice that they brought that in and allowed that for me to be like, oh, maybe I couldn't book a little bit of time off if I didn't have one, if I wanted to make a move in that direction, or I had a little bit of more information on it, you know, because maybe your hours are so crazy, you don't want to ask your boss for time off, you know? It was nice that they can bring it in and say, oh, here's breakfast, you know? Take the time. You guys want to work with your money? Here's, some, here's a professional who can help you with it, you know? Not only... Can you go out and do it? Well, we'll, we'll bring him to you, and he's going to bring you breakfast. So. And he works with the company as well. So even for, like, as much as investing, like, small things like that, it's, you know, to, 
to bring into the workplace about doing things outside of work. And that's a conversation I always have with the group too. It's not all about plumbing. It's also a lot of what we do in plumbing and how we show up every day is what goes on outside. Yep. Right. So we all got to stay mentally fit, physically fit. Um, you know, from everything like one of my guys there that uh, went through a bit of a bad patch. So been showing up at the gym with him five thirty every morning, you know, and then everybody so, is or just no, just me and him. Like okay. yeah, he's just wanted to get a bit fitter and he wanted to get back on it. So how old is he? He's the same age as myself. He's a bit younger than me. Like, it's you know, funny how so. you guys hit 40. Wait till you hit 50 you start seeing yeah, what happens, right, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and as an employer, like, there's many different ways of helping your team out. So I want to make sure they all get their homes, start yes. their families. Yes. You know, so. And then, like, again, like, for myself and being the employer, that's the best way it can be, right? Not so everyone's going to be like that. Though. No, they can. That's what I was saying is that you guys are at an advantage here, right? Because we've heard all the horror stories about the stereotypes attached to it, right? Yeah, Aaron, Aaron doesn't need to come out and check on most things I do. But, like, just for instance, the other night I was in Toronto with uh, one of our newer guys. And I was on a job, and I wasn't stuck, but he knew I was there figuring something out. And I didn't let him know before I left. I just I figured it out. It was all good, and I left. And then he called me. He's like, oh, you just passed me. He came an hour and a half at... Eight o'clock at night, he's got two babies. You know, he came out to make sure we Put were the okay. Put the kid to bed. I knew I could hear it in his voice. And to be honest, again, like the stakes are high, so the jobs are new. Yeah. And like the again, like I understand how frustrating it can be. It's it's very challenging what trades people do. The pressure when you're standing in someone's home or on in a business, and you know it has to be finished, and it's all looking at you. You haven't had lunch today. You're sixteen hours in. You got your own home stuff going on. It's just, it's not There's a it's, lot of it's it's a lot, hands right? doing anymore. Like you're just doing yeah. what you can to try and get home. What's the ratio for expert nowadays for commercial and residential? What are you guys doing? It's not a 50 50 split. No, we're more resi. Resi now, yeah. huh? Yeah. You guys are liking the resi more than the commercial? It's all the, it's personal preference, honestly. Like I like it all. Like it's yeah. nice to break it up and do something different. That's that's the code is on a fairly large commercial job at yeah, the moment. Restaurant downtown. Uh, Jay was on a commercial job in London today. Big commercial one in London. We finished. Where are you going? You're going to London. You're going to Toronto. London's rare. We just have a client that brought us out there. Okay. Uh, you got with clients, you're going to stick with them. Yeah. So and again, relationships for, for Toronto too. It's like we don't like going there. But no offense to Toronto people, but we don't like I'll going there. Them. <laughs> from here to Toronto, from here to London, it's. I'd rather drive to London than here to Toronto. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you totally. I mean? <laughs> For, it's a, actually, it's the same amount of time if you it's, think about it. It's probably it. more time to go to Toronto. Yeah, that's like, right. Unless I mean. you're getting just, good times in the day. It's not, a shit show. Yeah. Everyone's like, closer, you go to right? London? I'm like, yeah. you go to Toronto? <laughs> you got to get an export helicopter. <laughs> Might be nice, isn't it? You haven't seen the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I will get on searching funding opportunities <laughs> for that. <laughs> so Meg's also the one that's been handling a lot of the just networking and building expert, trying to figure out other ideas and moving forward, stuff like uh, that. Yeah, like mainly when I hired Meg, I was like, ah, oh, this is, you know, the difficulty was is that like I needed, um, um, what would that job be? That would be like an operator. So someone who would answer the phone and do all the scheduling, dealing with the guys, like um, when running a service business, there's a huge cost on the back end to, for all your advertising dollars, making sure that 
you know, you're answering the phone correctly, yeah. that you're tracking all of this and that you're providing the service that you're putting out there online. Otherwise, you'll lose that five-star rating pretty fast. Um, and that's the trick to service is that, you know, like it's a bit of a double-edged sword like that. It's like you want all the work, but then when the work comes, if you don't have a way to handle that, you'll, again, you'll find out that you're spending a ton of money on marketing and you're actually at a loss. Like, so... How are you guys handling, I guess on all levels here, because you can go from the owner, you can go from the tradesperson, and you can go from the administrative side of things, a negative situation. In construction, it exists. I'll give you one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry? I'll give you four. (laughs) So how are you guys handling, like, okay, on site, there's an issue, something's going on. So just for example, on this one, we had a job a few years back. I... uh, I deal with most of the contractors. Like I said, like we're given the opportunity to deal with contractors one-on-one. You're not going to learn otherwise, I don't think. It's going to be very hard for you to learn unless you're put out there. And uh, we read schematics, drawings, and architectural drawings. And I had one of a shower valve. It was on a commercial job. And what brand? It was House of Roll. House of Roll. Yeah. So high-end. It's a good one. High-end. High-end Royal. High-end Royal. All the ducks are lined up. Yes, oh, a brand were. you can trust. Yeah, They were. and But when the contractor came, who I met with two or three times, and he said, oh, I want this valve on the left side wall. I don't want it on the center wall. And I'm like, no problem, man. You know, you're still green. You put it on the left side wall. You finish, tile goes up. And he goes, why didn't you do it the way the drawing says? What do you mean? Don't you remember when you came up to me and told me not to do it and told me to put it on the other wall? And they just set you up like that. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care. They want this guy to... Say, oh, you don't have to pay that bill. Yeah, that happens a lot. Not a lot, but look, we put systems into play. I'll give and you then one. She helps with that. Is all I'm trying to get at is yeah. those things don't happen anymore. Because when someone comes to me and asks me to do something, I have yeah. six different papers in my it's truck. Like, like was it in the booklet. quote? Was it in? Yeah. So quote <laughs> and let, let me put that out there for people who may be starting or anybody. So when we when we see estimates and when I see a competing estimate it's most of the time you just put them in the bin because all they do is lead you into liability because whatever it does or doesn't say in your estimates what you're going to be held to. So let me give you an example. This estimate is for the domestic plumbing of this address. Okay, that's great. So you spec me out all copper and all cast. Well, when you go to court, because that homeowner thought in his opinion that it would be all copper and cast mm-hmm. in a residential, even though that doesn't exist, that's not norm. right? But it doesn't matter because you're the professional and you didn't specify. And he's in the right not to know because he's not the professional. Now, that breaks down. like That's on the ridiculous end. But I'm getting down to like trap seals, trap primers, trap guard, two-inch shower drain, three-function shower, six-function shower. Pick one. Well, function shower, <laughs> right? I, I saw a nice little trick early on in my career from a, um, a slab fabricator. And so we all know that a lot of natural slabs have different patterns. Like there's, it's mother nature. You're cutting part of mother earth and you're taking a slab out. He started photographing every slab that came in yeah. and took that image and was drawing exactly where the range or the sink, where the faucets, you're signing off on everything. This is the slab. This is the pattern of the veins. This is where it's going. It's a photograph. And so if there ever was a problem that it gets photographed and it shows up on site, 
and then the client right. decides to change their mind. We draw. That's not exactly where yes. we wanted the sink. That's not exactly where the faucet is supposed oh, to go. Yeah. You guys are documenting it. And this is something I learned 10, 12 years ago. And I was like, that's such a clever way to get out of a pickle. Yes. Better if they change something, you'd be like, cool, sign this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but always you can always fight that, like like you said, that left side. Like you can always have that. We never had that conversation. Play yeah. dumb. It's all point, it's right? all you she said, he said, she yeah. said. It's, Let me just get my bigger wrench and let's yeah, see. If exactly. we can this conversation yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, exactly. So they now have packages that they all carry with them that have a stack of different types of papers and <laughs> procedure policies for them. And so anytime the customer wants something different from what was originally planned or they want something that could lead to a situation that the guys get themselves in, um, we have a thing that they just read it and then you sign it. And then if there's anything going forward afterwards, you sign it. And people who on site who don't have the authority to pay for what they sign tend to not sign. So then they're like, oh, no, wait, oh, the whatever. And you're off. like, yeah. customer service, we're happy to make you happy, whatever you want us to do. You just have to sign, you'll pay for it. And then if they can't, don't have that authority, they find who does have the authority or the concept gets dropped. You need to make like an expert optometry chart. Or you just go here, read this. Yeah. Find it right down at the bottom. Seriously. Sign yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> If you work in the trades, maybe you're a plumber, a framer, or an electrician, you need to check out Black Ladder Workwear. Their work clothes are tough, functional, and durable, much like you might find in high-end outdoor gear, but it's designed specifically for work in the trades. They put a ton of intentional thought into their products, everything from knee pad inserts, zip-off utility pockets, and reinforced inseams. They've got it all. Visit blackladder.ca forward slash en forward slash tcl to learn more and take 15% off your order by using code tcl at the checkout. No, but it's just, I was going to ask you, Jay, when you're on site and you see these sparkies come on site, do you get a little glassy eye or that your career then go that way? Uh, I mean, I get along with most people. I'm pretty small. I fit in between everyone, you know? No one really talks to me. Like, but there's always that little rip between you guys and the electricians. Oh, I always uh, bust advice for some whatever. And he got knocked down by one the other day. <laughs> <laughs> the ones in London I'm on right now are good guys. They let me use it their scissor lift, actually. I was like, you mind if I use it? No problem. So I, I'd say it depends on who you get. Okay. If, I feel like if you're on job sites with a lot of them, it tends to be okay because they don't have anyone to bully. It's when there's one-on-one, <laughs> -on -one, you know, it turns into a bit of is a competition. Is that how they find time to just make the day go by fast? Is that what it is? Or why can't we just focus on the scope and make the time fast go that way? Because they're pulling their wire. They're smarter. <laughs> They know way more. Are you, are, are you seeing, because I think that with the brands that are associated with your trade, are they doing as much homework as you guys are doing for your business? When I talk about that, I'm talking about all the new kinds of products, all kinds of new tools, all kinds of new, I guess, solvents that could be, like all kinds of just PKs, just knowledge everywhere. Please are they don't ruin all my breakfast and learns in the future. <laughs> yeah, I would say like the industry is... It's hard to say. We don't, get, we don't get too much of a look into their industry. I mean, I, I don't have anything to compare it to, you know, like to say how they do their every day, you know? Like as in comparing it to plumbing from the past type of thing? Like, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's very advanced now. And yeah, plumbing, I'd say, is advancing for everything, faster. Right? Like plumbing is every, like rigid Milwaukee. They're all coming out with something like, you want a Unistrut cutter? All oh, these guys make two of them. This guy puts up a post to soldering and all the comments are, you know, you can press, you know, you can press. Why would you do <laughs> yeah. that? Like, it's like, like you could have, you could have left six hours ago. I like soldering. Like, I, I get, I respect. Okay. There's no romance in a press. There's plenty of romance in a solder. Yeah. 
You get you guys know what I'm talking about, man? Oh, if you do it right, you totally understand what like I'm talking about. When that solder wicks right around and it almost you hear that sound and you're tone deaf, you could still yeah. hear it. Yeah. But the press is like it's not yeah. the same. It's not there's no romance in the press. Of course, but you don't spend the night out to be in and out and gone in a second, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't spend a career on plumbing learning what the fuck to do to be there for two minutes. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. That's that's how I would compare the two now. I know. Listen, press is magic. It totally sure. is magic. But there's an artistry. It's time and place for press. We like to yes. say, like, if we're depressing, like we did that heating job the other day. We had seven steel lines. They're all an inch apart from each other. Like we're not threading those. Yeah. Not, Seven like, o'clock on a Friday, something's leaking. Absolutely. Like yeah. exactly. Big if you're biting on the steel, or if your copper is this far off the ground in your main service, you know what I mean. You throw a valve on there and press it. Like, but your your estimates hurt. Well, dramatically increased. Well, we so we had one a while ago. We were doing four inch, and what was it like a four inch press T? If I recall, was six hundred bucks. Six hundred or something. Wasn't it? something like and a solder bucks. one was what two fifty or three hundred or something. Now listen, like I don't care how long you think it takes to solder three inch. The guy was paid profit. I made. priced it like out. I compared it to a job we did, and I think it was. If not, I I made out okay. It took me longer. It took me let's say six hours, but I. The math I did was you would have had to press it and repipe everything in an hour and a half to match my price in with the press you fitting cost. Price yourself out in fittings. You know what I mean? The thing about what a lot of people are saying, I think it's you see it a lot with younger people these days as well, is it's that oh like you're in and out. So fair enough, like if you were a one man show and you're you're trying to get six calls done a day. Yeah. yeah. And you're pressing three quarter inch and sure. inch. Yeah, sure, whatever. But when you're going to do a backflow install and you need the license first off to be in the game and then it's all two inch or three inch or four inch, you go and you set it up, you bring the bench. It's yeah. like no one, he doesn't want me to say, or Dakota, show up, be done in four hours and get on to the next either. one. They're like, what the hell? They want to no. do their job, stand back, look at it, like it, right? What happened to that? How long you got to heat up a four inch? Not long with the tips they make. Like people make it seem like it's the hardest thing. Oh people yeah! Oh, the bigger the, the pipe, the way easier it is. Now I'm saying that it heats up faster. It, it, it heats it up holds faster. It, it holds it longer. Once it it's hold, there, you can true. just drop There's it more in. Material, so then the heat is. People don't know how yeah. to solder big fittings. You know what I mean? People always tell me you didn't tin that fitting. I'll solder a four-inch fitting with just sanding it. Like tinning, they say, is you have to melt solder on it and then put it together, sand it back out. Like. I could see my bead run in there. It's just a matter of knowing what you're doing and someone being able to teach you how to solder. People and not trying to it. solder it with a three-quarter inch tip. We yeah. use the oxetylene torches and with the tip, tip for a four-inch. You know, like yeah, they're probably like three hundred dollars for the it was tip. A, it they're is not, a three hundred dollar torch tip. For yeah, sure. they're not cheap. Wow. You know, why does every plumber that brings in that torch? Starts walking like they're Anton from No Country from Old. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that. how it feels, man. That's, that's how, how it feels, feels. right? It that's totally why feels I don't like want to press. You bring in a press, you like feel like you have a purse. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like you want to knock some door handles out with that torch? <laughs> but in the end, it's about what you guys feel is the right way to achieve the scope. That's like you're looking at the whole picture, not the eagle picture of what's the coolest, latest, most expensive toy to be used. Because you right? don't need to. You don't need to sometimes, right? Probably most of the time, you don't need to. Yeah, look, the press thing is like, you know, like it's it's a it's a social media thing for the most part. When you get out there and you look at what most of the bigger companies are doing, like here here's the thing and if I was to say it to any of these guys, we run a profit and a loss on a job and we're a profit share company. Am I putting money in your pension? 
Or am I spending money on press fitting so you can go home early? Yeah. Pick very, one. Very, <laughs> very, very strong point. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I totally and, agree and, and I don't think it's that, like, because I would like to see who's marking these fitting. Like, we're, we're typically marking our fittings up anywhere from, you know, you want to be starting around 30%, and some guys are going up to 50%. I won't tell you what to do, but you're going to take these fittings will price you out of any game if that's yeah. what you're doing and your your labor how quick can you do something like i and it's that what if you're a skilled labor you can do it probably just as quick i i think so i just i don't think i just don't think it was ever set up like that like you know i didn't get into the trade to be worked really fast and someone to say yeah well at least they won't leak it's like <laughs> at least they won't yeah like my <laughs> biggest gripe is press when i see a so-called skilled tradesperson and they finish and things are not plumb and things are not level they never something. are with press the because press you know what they it's got they it's d- like an octagon right. so you need the other guy to hold it while you press it and now you're going like, it's like oh that won't leak but yeah but that looks like shit it like, and it's never the fitting like that you can actually get the tool in to, to press it anyways <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> people on it like you said it's an instagram thing i got the biggest tool and you don't have this you know what i mean I don't care. Right. I got the skill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I can, can solder. It took anywhere. me longer to cut out the steel. Like you would have been cutting out steel still. You know what I mean? You're still now. You've outpriced yourself. Like you've already in the time it takes you to demo. You can't go faster because your fittings cost so much. You can't. There's no way around it. You've taken too much time. How did you, Aaron and I guess Meg? You probably worked together on how when you guys started seeing material costs start climbing through the roof. How did you guys start to? balance i guess the business because you were growing at a certain pace yeah and all of a sudden just material greed came along and just said ah we're gonna start charging this much for this stuff how did you guys start to balance in the business side of things house call pro like shout out to house call pro i'm an ambassador use my name as a coat no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> but um, look if you have a crm that's what it's going to do for you because realistically, you need to be in touch with the suppliers. You want to be getting notified. And Mike taught me this again. It's that when there is a change in the industry, we're changing with it. So from day to day, we're trying not to overstock. Uh, we're just trying to keep the fittings that we're using from day to day. But in saying that, when the industry changes, we change with it. So yeah. if we're holding stock and then it goes up 20%, we're going up 20% the same day. It's just... it's the game that you You play you have to right so now if you you don't have a software some type of crm that will be very difficult to to tackle meg every day now gets um a copy of anything purchased through uh, expert plumbing sent over within a 24 hour Mm -hmm. 24 hour time period and what that allows her to do is keep track of everything so everything has a job number if it doesn't have a job number why everything has a place where it needs to be so then at the end of every job we can either take back the materials that was the overspill and get a true cost on a material takeoff for that job am i wrong Um. to say that uh, some suppliers treat certain businesses differently than yeah uh, you know where i'm going at you got a small one-man shop kind of business they're not treated as well as a business that probably has 12 or 20 employees why can't the suppliers treat everybody equally here? I don't know. I, I, I think that th- there's a big problem in the industry with that. I've seen guys lose out on jobs, and in my earlier yeah. days, I've found that hard to compete. Um, the problem is with these suppliers is that 
I'm not sure how any suppliers are allowed to have people walk in without a plumbing license. I think it should be an absolute standard that in the any trades industry that you at least need a trades card, at least to be an apprentice, to be signed up, to walk into any wholesalers. Costco will not allow me to walk in without a membership. Seriously, right? Like how how and this has happened to me. So I will be on a job and I had this guy and he wants to work on oh I have my own plumbing materials. Oh well, you know, I can't use them, liability issues. All right, well will you buy them off me? Sure, that's fair, I'll buy them off you. But I can only buy them off you for what I pay. So as long as you're comfortable with me buying them off you for what I buy them for. Well this guy takes out a receipt from his suppliers I won't mention and shows it to me and has my discount. This guy's doing one job, like and it's has like the same discount? Has the same discount. Oh, right. And it, no, it's like oh like so it's like you Did the suppliers start doing that because they just wanted to open up their network and just get more sales? Is that why they started doing that? I, I would say like some do it more than others. I know some suppliers from from my inside sales guys that they tell me when the general public come in that they price them out and they're happy to watch them walk out the door. And then there's other suppliers, they don't have the same strategy. They're, they want to sell to all and make the yeah. sales, right? That's short-term sightings. It's like the co-op student thing. It's the same. It's terrible. We'll put it on a backflow. Like there was a day like where, say if you're in the backflow industry and you're selling these backflow devices, well, you couldn't be an average person and have any understanding of what that cost was. Was now... You don't have to have a backflow license or a plumbing license. And you can basically walk into one of these suppliers and say, how much could I buy one of those valves for? And then return to your plumber and say, hey, man, like, why are you charging me so much for this when I know the valve can be purchased for this? And that's happening a lot out there. So it's, it's the supplier's fault, though. Sure. And all it's doing is it's it's not good for the industry and it, and it's not good for the people within the industry because we're professionals. Right. So. But you're creating a network of DIY handy Big time. women. Well, how many Big times point. does this happen? Like, you, you're on a job, you have to go get something, you go to the supplier, and then now you're waiting for, like, just some homeowner who's talking to the oh, sales stop. rep. He's got a piece of rubber. Like, a, like an aerator for a faucet that doesn't exist. And it's like, this is what Home Depot's for. <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah. And then and they there's there only one guy they'll, behind they'll the desk, and then now you've like, got 20 minutes of time wasted just waiting to get served. Yeah. So that's a phone call I get where when they call up and they say, oh, how much will this cost? And I'm like, well, I can tell you the time plus the cost of the materials and everything. And they're that people say, oh, that may be more than whatever they had expected in their mind. And I'm like, OK, that's perfectly fair. Here's what um, I'm going to tell you. If you're calling around to get other uh, like numbers or comparative numbers, please make sure you ask them about this and this. And make sure that you can ask them if their price includes this and this. We're mm -hmm. very transparent. This is included in ours. Make sure you ask that question. And if you are getting someone who come in, if they're a handyman, they're going to require to have this extra component. So make sure that you have someone who has all of these things. Our guys are qualified with all of these things. When you're take these are the questions you need to ask the next person you phone. It's very quickly turns around into. Okay, all right, we'll just book the service then with you because you know what you're doing and you're on top of it. And a minute ago when you guys were all talking about um, the ProPress stuff, yep. I understood maybe about 10%. And you'd said about how you were, um, about how we grow our brand and everything. These guys are 
passionate about what they do. It's a craft for them. And so it very easily we retain customers and we grow new customers because the quality of work, they care about what they do. And that can come through when you explain pricing to people. And it's not that hard to convert someone from saying, oh, that's crazy. I've got a cousin who could do it for less. Okay, does your cousin A, B, Y, C, D? And you can get them to come around and go, oh, I am hiring a qualified professional. I am paying for the skill and the craft. And it's stand by it after the fact. Not not every single call goes that way, but I'd say a lot of them I can turn them around. You're not dismissed to actually educate these people to understand that there's a skill behind this craft and we are professionals. But there's a Mm. lot of businesses out there that won't even bother and you're losing a sale at that point, a potential sale, if you don't educate that potential client. You know what's a really hard one and I don't know how plumbers sell them these days? Toilets. Like that's gone as the day a plumber can sell you a toilet. And the reason being is because Home Depot offered the best prices across the board. I, always was, I had a major problem with Home Depot specifically when they were selling toilets cheaper than suppliers were selling it to professionals. Still are. It's, it's the same toilet. And, no, no, and I know they still are. And it's also an issue of mine with Wayfair. And now Amazon's getting into the game as well too. And, and what I learned from speaking to some suppliers, specifically plumbing suppliers, I won't name the name, the volume they do with these entities is far greater than the volume they do with you guys. So they have to give these entities preferred, which is total horseshit in my opinion. Yeah, because, and, and how do we have the opportunity to do volume? My strategy for a supplier would say, if, if that's the case, then how do you match Home Depot and stuff? So you can make it more competitive because if my suppliers could give me toilets I could make profit on, I will be buying them. And like the suppliers are saying, we're not selling enough. I know you're not selling enough because we're priced <laughs> out buying <laughs> them. <laughs> but it's also, you got to go back to the manufacturer that are selling these toilets at that discounted volume. That's way below a professional's trade price. Yeah. I'll give you a good story about one that happened to us about two years ago. We had a client, he's a bit picky. He obviously, he values their service, but he wanted Kohler toilets. They're not cheap. Home Depot had them on for sale. So this guy goes and picks up six of them. We go out, we install six toilets. It wasn't cheap, regardless. About a year goes by and all six toilets fail. This guy calls up, he's pissed off. We did a bad install because all of these toilets failed. Couldn't be the toilets. It There's was us. three components to a toilet. Right? <laughs> so we go back out and the components inside the toilet are failing. Fill yes. valves are failing. Yes. Flush valves are failing. It, the flush valve in particular was one of these housing style ones. A tower. Like a tower, canister type of thing. Canister one, yeah. So I say to him, okay, fair enough. We diagnose the issue to what's wrong. Here's an invoice for being here today. Oh, jeez, that didn't go down well. It's like, oh, you want to tell me how much it is to, you know, tell me what's wrong with what you installed. But again, you bought them. I didn't make... I didn't manufacture this toilet. Yeah, and, and, and here's why we would mark up our fittings. And the reason being is because if I sell you a toilet with a markup, you can call me back. And when you call me back and it doesn't work, I don't charge you to fix it. Or I have to follow up with the manufacturer. I do that on your behalf because I'm incorporating the markup where you win some, you lose some, right? For the most part, you back yourself with a good brand and you win. But the odd time something happens, you call the suppliers, they send you out a new part, you go, you fix it, you keep the client happy. 
when you buy your toilet from somewhere else or any fixture, where's the room for me to come back and do anything? Did he buy six toilets and six speakers while he was at it too? That's what I'm getting at. It's just because when I mean, with Kohler, I just did this recently. I had a diverter valve that failed. The, the O-rings. From Home Depot? Sorry? Home Depot? No, no, no. From Kohler. Yeah. Right? From a reputable supplier and everything like that. I call up Kohler. It's 10 plus years. Sure. They sent a new part. Well, well, sorry. So with these toilets, there was that, and I'm not knocking Kohler, they were discontinued. They were on sale. Well, hang on a sec. The canister, the parts are not discontinued. The, the, the that so that's what I was saying is I joking about there's three parts to a toilet. There's the yeah. canister. There's the... Um, but the canister, the yeah, flushing actually, actually assembly the flushing. was what was discontinued. And that's why wholesaler? all of those oh. toilets were on sale. So the toilet that he was typically looking for was probably a $650 toilet. They had it on for like 400 or 380 or something. And the reason being was because when they sold it to them, they didn't they mention, by the way. Yeah. So we reach out to Kohler. They have a new part that goes in the place of that, <laughs> but it's not for free. You gotta pay for it. Then we had to go disassemble them all, put the new parts in, and charge them for it. It's that's what will have to happen, right? But I've been surprised with Kohler on how certain. There's been plenty of like, I've had a client one time. She used an abrasive cleaner on her toilet seat, and I was specifically telling her, showed it in the manual. Do not use any abrasive cleaners on these plastic components. You will scratch them. Mm -hmm. And she said, No, I never use an abrasive. I go, Fine, don't worry. Take out the seat, I'll order a new seat, I'll put a new seat. And then I'm just curious, so I look underneath the vanity, and what's in there? There's an abrasive cleaner. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I just course. smiled and changed the seat, and that yeah. was it. It's fine. I go, listen, do not use, and I just winked at her. I was going, like Vim? Do not use Vim on there, please? Just soap and water if you can? She goes, no, no, I don't use Vim. Yeah. <laughs> you guys get that all the time. That's no, what I mean, because these pro- they're still products, and there's ways of keeping these things clean, right? Yeah. I think a lot of clients don't understand that you cannot, like I know a lot of ki- parents that have lots of boys. Yeah. They try to tell the boys not to flush every time they pee, because boys, yeah. when they're young, they pee every two, 10 seconds. Sure. So they'll leave it in the bowl. And I'm like, you can't leave urine in the bowl, because yeah. it'll start to damage the toilet. Sure. You try to explain that to a client, and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave it because I'm <laughs> what not are you accusing me of? Yeah. <laughs> so you get like, that's the customer service where you guys are perfecting it. All you guys, you guys look at problems that come down the pipe, whether it's trade, business, customer, industry, and you guys just look at it and go, how can we make this better? Yeah. How can we improve on it? You guys are constantly thinking that. Yeah, like every time something happens, we take it back to the drawing board and try and find the way of blaming ourselves to not let it happen again. That's yeah. I could compare much. it. To, let's say at another company, like if you were to make a mistake, like if I could visualize myself there, what would happen? You might get an earful, or you might get just like a you might you know you're in trouble, but you're not going to get air and come back to the office and say, "How work with me and how can we make this so this doesn't happen again?" You know, like he's saying, giving allowing time to go back and figure out where we went wrong or what we went wrong on and how can we be better? You know, like. Even with bad clients, like as the business grows, you need to be able to have your um, avatar for your best client and your worst client. Yeah. And, you know, what that will allow you to do is we had an, an incident in, uh, lately where we got one of our worst clients and it ended up, you know, being a learning lesson for me that 
um, you know, I, I, to be honest, which I, I, I shouldn't have put the time into it that I did. And I ended up wasting a lot of my time with a lot more serious stuff. And, you know, when you're an owner operator and becoming, you know, being a plumber to being someone who has to run the business, the hardest thing to change about yourself is the, the need to please other people. Customer service. Customer service to just get out there and get something done or just to show up and start doing it yourself, which is by all means a fail at a certain stage of your yep. business, like, yeah. you know. So, yeah, it's trying to figure that out and uh, knowing how to navigate around them. You can deflect clients if you have a process for doing it. Because there's a way to handle. People are still people. It's just about communication, how you handle it, right? Yeah, you couldn't. But the stereotyping construction no. is really just about getting your back up the wall and yelling back at them and telling them they're wrong and you're right, which doesn't solve the problem. This, this no. one particular person was quite, I don't want to swear on your thing, so we'll go with well, persnickety. Anymore, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll just invent a word. Um, but uh, uh, the biggest thing to go from starting at the beginning with like just Aaron to growing into a company of 16 and very soon it'll be 20. Like is there may eventually come a point in time where someone has to be said no to. And although it might feel like it's not customer service to that one customer, it's ultimately customer service to every other customer that's an existing client that needs Aaron's time. And it's customer service to the entire team that needs Aaron doing the things that Aaron does. And it's that that switch from saying yes to everything to saying yes to the right things. And I think that Aaron's incredible to even like own up and say I'm learning as I go because there's a lot of people who wouldn't have that kind of like uh, um, self-awareness. There's a lot of trades that have a, a fear of firing a client. They don't realize that they can't fire a client you can say no and move away this is not working it's totally possible right yeah it is and you know it's difficult because you spend so much time and especially when you're building a team that you're ultimately afraid of that and you're concerned that you know if you start letting people go does it almost have an effect where you know have i set karma off in a way that this is going to come back and I'm going to lose more clients because again, like it's all mental preparation. It's a, a, it's a challenge to yourself and you know, you believing in your, your service. So when, as I said, is to try say no is difficult mm -hmm. until you're in a stage like Meg said, is that you have to see the value across the whole team all and say top, that yeah. it's not that you're saying no because you just don't want to deal with it. It's that you're saying no because it's a, because you've said decision. all the right yeses before it. Exactly. Yeah. For the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. 100%, right? Are you guys going out and, and you guys have conversations? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You guys have conversations with other tradespeople and just explain to them that there's an opportunity here that you should consider this or is that an. Over at Expert? Yeah. Like in terms of fellow employees and whatnot? Like. No, no, no. Attracting more people to yeah, come to yeah, Expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'd say. There's not really a criteria, but there's definitely an energy that comes with working here. It's not, you're not here for a job, like Aaron said. Some do, but like, as Dakota knows, like, it's a pretty tight ship around here, and like, it's no joke. Like, everything you see and everything you hear Aaron talk about, like, and Meg talk about, like, it's all very serious. Like, we, we had two years of Monday morning meetings. Dakota can, and I can attest to that of just 
how can we figure out this house call? How can we eliminate all the background stuff of that? So that helped, and a lot of people can't keep up with that. We've had some team members qualified, not qualified, old, young, and they don't want to do their paperwork or they want to take an hour and a half on their lunch because that's just what they're used to because they used to work here. So, like, I know in my experience, like, the guys from school and stuff, like, like everyone talks about like oh their company and like how they do things and all that stuff. And then you talk about our company and like they almost get intimidated by it. They don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was getting at yeah. because you guys are obviously, I guess for lack of a better word, you guys are We're spoiled. Are, like you said, it's not spoiled. It's you guys still see the passion. In it's almost like you're the new kid on the first day of the job site, and you are wanting just absorb as much knowledge as possible to do the best job possible. Exactly. You know, but a lot at some point, a lot of tradespeople have their businesses and they get jaded. Whether that's clients screwing them over, they losing money, or they haven't grown the business away, or a, 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 an employee has left, started on their like. There's all kinds of little things that possibly come into play sure. where all of a sudden they start getting jaded at that point you guys are not looking at that at that point no and like you don't want to feel hard done by you know that's when you start not liking what you're doing like i like coming into work you know it's hard getting up in the mornings everyone knows that but it's there's no day where you're not like looking forward to going and figuring something out you know what am i going to get to fix today so you have to be ready for that if you're going into work every morning thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch you don't want to work here. Like, unfortunately, but... Yeah. I still think about here, that. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Dakota. <laughs> needs three lunches a day. Time to sign up for Phil, the free construction marketplace and load tracking app for developers, engineers, and all contractors working in the civil construction industry. One other thing to mention is business and facility listings. Phil has the most complete database of quarries, pits, plants, and depots in Ontario, including all of the big names. So, if you're looking for concrete, stone, asphalt, whatever... You'll be able to find it. You can also add your business listing or claim it. It might already be on the map. Sign up for free on the website at www.getfill.app. That's www.getfill.app. You can also search Phil in the App Store. But I guess in all intents and purposes, like Aaron, your business is a young business. Very young. And what's... Was it five, five years this year? Yeah, approaching. Well, it's being, it's being driven by young mentality, which is Whoa. great. Yeah, like Thank the you. talent is great. It is. It's great. It's absolutely yeah. great. But I, I guess my question is, how do the old fogies think? Because I don't think that they look at it as, yeah, you can do it that way. It, it might not work. It might work. We don't know. But this is how we've always done it. Yeah, like... Yeah. All evolution, man. <laughs> I think it just speaks for itself. Like, it like you said, like this company, we're going on five years this year. And like when I first started with... Uh, Aaron, like we were just doing train service, the odd rough in here and there, and then what, not not even coming on five years now. And now we're doing hydronics. We're doing like radon, yeah, radon. Like, five like years everything. ago, we never done a custom home together, and next year we're doing a forty thousand square foot custom home. Like at five years ago, you asked me where I'd be in five <laughs> years. I'd be like, I'd be doing the most Heating solid rough ends you've ever seen in your life. You're doing a four inch service, right? Supply. I haven't seen the drawings for that. 40,000 square feet. Oh, we, I did a 10-inch one the other day. Probably, <laughs> I would imagine, yeah. Like, with the, like, at what point do you need a fire hydrant in the front of your house to feed your house? At that stage, probably. I don't understand that point, right? <laughs> yeah, we just stepped it up recently with a new uh, home builder, and, the, you know, it was kind of the phone call that we were waiting from, and it came out of blue, and uh, it's our one-to-many, as we call it, yeah. and it, it's, it's just allowed us to step up. Uh, I would say, like you know, when I started off, that a lot of a lot of things that people would say to me is like, "Oh, Aaron, like you know, uh, we're having younger guys. Like, what you're going to do is you're going to show them the way, and then they're going to go and do it their own way." 
harder. That's an old school mentality. Old skill, right? Yeah. And it and it's like because yeah, I came through the skill uh, through the trade old skill. So and you were very limited to what was on front of you. But as I said, like uh, what it is for me is I'm very invested in the career of these people and anybody that joins the team. And I think what that will do for me long term is that mm -hmm. people will come, people will go. I'll never stop that. There's nothing you can do about that. But what I'm hoping is, is for the people that do stay, there are people worth keeping around. Yep. Right? Because not everybody is out there to open their own company. I wasn't out there to open my own company. It just led to, to, to me doing this because of the position that I was in. Yep. And I just wanted something more. So... Again, like every Monday morning, we sit down with the team, we have conversations, we're talking about the wins. I'm asking the guys, what can we do better? I said it before on the show is that you leave your ego out of this. Yep. These guys are better plumbers than I am. That's what you want. You want them all to be better. And then you need to find a way to make them better, you know? So, because uh, they'll return all the favors at that point. Yeah, they'll see the value in returning exactly. it. Exactly, and as much as I value the old school way of doing things, but it's it's not like that anymore. Um, the way that things have changed so far in the last few years, you know, if you look at everything that's going on in the world these days, the way we used to get treated in the trade, there's no place for it anymore. And you know, you you would find yourself being very lonely or probably being sealed by somebody yeah. if you were to treat them like that now. So. You know, if, if you are an employer and you're in the trades and you're thinking about that, you want to maybe get off the old skill as quick as you can and get in tune with the new There's skill. There's a lot of lessons to be learned. I've always said it over and over. Like, what you guys are doing is correct. It's working for a reason. Yeah. It's not driven by ego. No. Like, a lot of the old school was driven by ego. They made it work. It totally worked. But it, it wasn't survivable. No. You know what I mean? You couldn't, you couldn't get to this point where you're talking about 20 employees next year. Yeah. talking about pulling off this job and that job and obviously you're going to get bigger and bigger and you're going to get more and more employees that are going to the word's going to get out yeah and you're going to get more of these younger trades that want to be a part of this instead of be a part of the stereotype of course yeah yeah i think instead of thinking of it as people are going to come in and then want to get out or break off on their own or whatever that's a failure of employment service that we didn't provide them the opportunities to grow yeah. And we at Expert Plumbing are absolutely providing opportunities to, for them to grow, opportunities for them to find brand new things that are emergent and didn't exist before. And we're also taking care of all the other things that we can provide as their employers so that they don't have to have external stresses in life. We give them stuff ahead of time so that they're happy on the job. And like job satisfaction, work-life balance, those things are like critical to everybody nowadays. So having those sorts of things people don't have to feel like they have to leave they there'd be enjoyment in staying they just grow. that's how i feel about it yeah like like in in any top position and a lot of guys out there listening will understand this is that you could have a top job or a company top position great wages but then you can't go anywhere you can't take a vacation you are the guy you're needed you know that's not the point of running a business right you know so and like i say to these guys and like I can tell you from my experience and being an immigrant and my longest shift, just a shift was 35 hours, 34 hours, like on the tools, like without breaking. And it's like, what I say is that 
the value of working at a place where you can go away, take three weeks vacation, come back. You're not worried about the next guy taking your job. Yeah. You're not, you, you know what I mean? Like that in itself, like it is most trades guys don't get that. You they know? don't pay attention. They don't see it at that point. Right. Yeah. I'd love to know what's for breakfast. What is the normal breakfast there? Uh, so we only had one breakfast and learn. I've <laughs> scheduled the rest of them. Uh, that particular them, supplier, because they brought in the breakfast for us, they brought McDonald's. Although, what was the last breakfast I cooked it up in the shop? Nah, yeah, what did we do that? What was that for? Was it someone's yeah, I think we just did it because it was um, you're just like everyone at the shop. Before before Meg's on, yeah. Ironically enough, there was one day you were going to do a breakfast and learn the day oh, they did the camera work. Yeah. And you were sick or something happened and so they all showed up and did the camera work and didn't have breakfast and it was a bit of a joke and so <laughs> you then took everyone out to breakfast at yeah, stack and, took us out the and it day fell on days. my three-month day nice. and so i tell everybody that you took them all because <laughs> it was my three months <laughs> <laughs> and then i guess who's who's handling things when you're gone when you're on vacation may um, it falls apart it falls all apart i wouldn't let that happen there will be a plan for that and everything. Um, I haven't, uh, uh, I've only taken a couple days at a time, so we haven't had a plan for a full takeover for if I was to go Aaron's, for a week Aaron's or two. But well, you're going to need a week. We have my office staff. Yeah, 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 there, yeah, there's an amazing person in accounts and I'm more than qualified could be able to step up to the bat if uh, I was gone. Um, but there'd be training. There, there's a playbook. Right now I have a manual for my job and her job that literally is like screen grabs. You could come in and do my job. It is that laid out. So it, when I take a holiday soon, um, at some point, uh, it won't be a problem. There'll be a playbook that'll be right there. And right next to that is my plumbing playbook of all the things I've learned to answer questions and what to ask, depending on what people say, so that I only ask questions once. Do you guys do a screen grab playbook for other trades? Now, I'm sure she'll have like an AI version With like of selfies, herself you guys are doing selfies and just smiling <laughs> while you guys just yeah. finish the fitting or something yeah, like that. I'll just, check this one I'll just write, write the code for my own AI. There we go. No, I love what you guys are doing. I want to do the 10 questions with you guys, but we got to wrap it up soon. But yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. I, hopefully everybody was fine with what they were sharing and all kinds of, but it was, it's valuable. Every time I have it on your show, you're always giving up great sure, valuable insight. Right? So, Thank you. Thank you. And I know me. that a lot of people, like even Julia, the last time they were here, like she was amazed that, that this is a possibility course yeah right it totally yeah. is a possibility it's for, totally for a, a possibility yeah you just as i said you know invest a bit in learning more on the back end it's great to have the skill set of the craft itself but then also you know get get reading books yeah get working on yourself um get to the gym get to the gym as you turn 40 and you're having a little bit yeah. of a crisis and then you'll you, start changing your eating habits by the time you're turning 50 yeah like right <laughs> a lot a lot a lot of it is how uh, how you perceive yourself or the mental preparation yeah. and if you can truly believe in your own ability and then you know there's a great book and it's who not how you know you're not going to figure out how to do everything yourself but you can figure out who can do it and you know i read that book of a couple of years ago it's dan sullivan who not how and it's it's very beneficial so any any young business owners out there, check that Pay out. Attention to it. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, guys. It's just uh, what's, what's all the information again? It's Expert Plumbing and Drains on Instagram? It's, no. Yeah. Expert Plumbing and Drains Canada, Canada. on yeah. Instagram. 
yeah. on Instagram, and then you guys are also on social media as well too. Uh, J is um, at J. Yeah, yeah I think mine's person. just EPDJ. So it's just EPD, then my name J A Y. Dakota, Dakota is my same expert plumbing and drains, Dakota. Okay. Underscore Dakota. Does everybody all the all the plumbers do? Uh, we a few of them do. Yeah, Maybe. we're about to step it up now. We actually yeah. just hired a new guy to come in and really take us to the next level with the social media. So he's been doing a lot of recording, and uh, yeah, so it'd be we're gonna step up. Getting the on game. the job site and everything. Yeah, I was never really big on it. Jay does the most amount of it. I would say ninety percent of our posts come from Jay at the moment. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna gear it up a notch, you know. Yeah, for a while we had social media and doing some, but like you said, we need to gear like it was just the same content over and over again. You know, we need more often it needs to be more engaging so i wanted to engage with their stories so we hired a videographer that's storyteller so instead of just doing posts of shots of guys and faucets planet. and stuff yeah, yeah. planet i want planet. to get their story i want them over the course of a few videos to be able to talk about their journey and just be more engaging with the younger people out there it's at the end of the day if we're trying to bring more people into the trades we need people to see you know, like Jay said, it's like you're coming to work, you're trying to figure stuff out, being happy, you know, hanging out with guys, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. Do you guys get into drain jetting? Yeah, we have a jetter. Who does it? Uh, Jay Jay. Key the only Mag. guy with a pro press. <laughs> <laughs> the only guy with a pro He does couldn't be here Does he today. love it? Does he love it? He loves the pro press. We no, does he love the jetting? Uh, yeah, like Jake is a drain a expert. He's been doing it for 20 years and drains are his thing. Like, so that's a different beast altogether. Like, it's no yeah, joke, you know? Yeah, the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's... That's all we did, or all I did for, what, three, four years? And oh, then, you, really, you did it just... Well, well, when we first started. Oh, when you got started. Yeah. yeah, we've been down manholes and you name it, like, doing all sorts and it's horrible things. Mostly in Hamilton, imagine. right? All over. Yeah, all, all, all over the yeah. place, yeah. Like, absolutely everywhere, to be honest. Like, yeah, the drain service is... Um, you know, a lot of people are getting into drain service now because you see the tools are already available and, you know, it's kind of like, I'll just put this in here and clear it. It is like that on the low end of things. But when you get into running jetters and stuff like that, you're stepping into a different market. A lot of the stuff that Jake would deal with would be like production and breweries and yep. factories, places like that. So there's a lot I going on. imagine what's going on in those drains. Crazy stuff. Like, yeah, he sees all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I'll stand by the sidelines and just watch, man. I don't know if I can yeah. do it. I don't know if I can. Uh, I'll just ask you guys one by one these questions as we go along. We'll start with Dakota here. What everyday sound brings you guys joy? Lunch bell. Sorry? <laughs> lunch bell. Lunch bell. <laughs> do they still have a lunch bell? On my phone it does. <laughs> I think in my time before I'm gone, I think the food truck is going to be gone. Yeah. I think it'll be gone. Yeah, we used to hit them up in Toronto. You can call them. They come. That and the, and, the, and the sharpening guy, I think that's going to be gone as well too, right? Yeah, sure. Because you can gonna buy, buy your own thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meg, mm -hmm. what everyday sound brings you joy? Uh, my husband and my kids talking to me and my favorite Korean boy band. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> <laughs> They've all been exposed to Korean rap because of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And they kept me, so I must be good at my job. <laughs> Just turn your mic my, a little bit. My yeah. favorite sound? Yeah. Probably my alarm clocks, because I get to go to work. What time? 4.30 in every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Even on the weekends? 
even on weekends it's 3 a.m i get up <laughs> extra <laughs> wow. you don't seem lazy yeah <laughs> aaron uh i have a six month old at the old baby at the moment so both my kids really now like at a stressful day it's uh you know when i get home and deal with the kids it's like that's when i say to myself right this is the break off because i have a million things to do but that's where i have to say like tomorrow will be tomorrow let's enjoy this today right what's your favorite beverage yeah, nice ice cold beer any particular brand i go with alexander keys yeah. uh situationally either a black coffee or an elderflower gin Black iced coffee, Starbucks large. It's grande. It's grande. <laughs> <laughs> I say large, and they don't mind. Uh, for me, if it's yeah, coffee every day, but whiskey sour, if it was going to be an alcohol. Uh, what's your least favorite tool? Ooh, I guess the cartridge puller for moan posy times. Moan, moan. Uh. Doesn't have to be construction related. It could be anything in life. Tool. Don't name I need a guy. I was just going to say my husband. He gives out a lot. No, um, my husband bought a Roomba and named it Maggie 2.0, and I am not a fan. That's not a very good move. No. So I don't like that one. That'll be the least favorite tool. I don't know. If, uh, a bandsaw. <laughs> yeah, anything that I've cut myself with. I like the one. <laughs> yeah. No, I like all my tools. I don't keep anything on my truck I don't like. It's all red, eh? Yeah. Everything's red. On mine, it is. Uh, most of us, actually, yeah, all of us are pretty much Milwaukee. So there isn't a single Milwaukee tool that you don't like? Oh, well, don't get me started. Uh oh, that's I what don't I meant. Have, I don't have their hand tools. I, I tend to avoid Those their hand tools. Those reciprocating things. <laughs> you know, you know what the worst tool we bought lately is? Because I love playing. Like, if there's a job for the tail, I'm okay with playing that the That torque wrench? Is that tall? fucking so dumb. What, <laughs> what is it? The <laughs> Milwaukee torque. Torque wrench. Most expensive torque wrench. Yeah, like it's... <laughs> it's like $1,000 for... You mean a, a battery a, torque wrench? It's a digital, a battery, yeah, and all the battery torque. does is it's, so it's we, like a ratchet and a... Uh, yeah. Really? So, so we were doing a four-inch uh, forced main uh, for a splash pad in, for the city of Brampton. And um, the engineer had specced uh, uh, particular parts that had a, a, a torque rate, right? And... Um, High stakes job had to be done really fast. It was getting backfilled. So it's like this wrench will take each like torque and register it to the machine. If you're standing right in front of it, there's nothing in your way and it's a perfect scenario. When we you're actually, an electrician at an yeah. electrical box is what it's designed for. <laughs> not when you're in a pit, nine feet in, in the ground. Yeah, we're like nine foot down line. trying to take <laughs> this thing away from you. We wrecked it. Like one you got day. the socket on, you're using a pipe wrench to turn that. We lost the cost of it. $1,000 for one day. We tore the handle off. It's covered in mud. It's, it's covered in, in mud. It just sits there. Yeah, No one even cleaned it. Still on Kijiji. What turned you on creatively? I want to pass on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing turns you on creatively? Oh, what are you doing lately? Like, what have you been doing? Like, you've been studying hydronics for the last you while, do your right? music, too. I'm music, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, for, like, hobbies and stuff, I make yeah. music on the side, so that's something that... What instrument do you play? Oh, I do it all on the computer. It's all electronic music. Yeah. It's a nice little hobby, a nice break from... Nice. Strictly plumbing, so nice. Yeah, he's got a few followers and stuff. Yeah, he does. What's the handle on the music side? 
Oh, it's Novatone. Novatone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, finding large-scale financial micro-efficiencies. You're in the right spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's boring, but that's no, who it's I not am. boring. It's very valuable. It's extremely valuable. Jay, I'd say probably music and nobody else in my way. I like to creatively, I would get very creative if I'm alone and I have time and no one kind of watching over me. Sometimes, like the other day, I went over to industrial and I did the, those copper lines. I think I left site at like 11 o'clock at night. I lost track of time. Last time I checked was like 6 p.m. You know, and I was just alone with some music on. And I just had time to do it. Aaron allotted for time to do a job and take my time on it, and that's all it was. And it turned out very nice. It was very soldered. Happy with it. yeah, soldered. Yeah, that one's on my Instagram. EPDJ. Solder, man. I'm a kid of solder. It's like <laughs> it looks like it's there when you pro press. It's all still shiny, you know. Sure, yeah. It doesn't ever get, get the buffer. Well, back Aaron's at the definition. I like his. I'm gonna start using his. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? For me, I, at the moment, like I, I was hockey prior to having kids, and but at the moment, it's really just self development mostly for me. You know, it's like. Uh, you know, trying not to do too much of it, but the right amount of it, not mm -hmm. get bogged down. But yeah, it's about it. Uh, what word or concept do you guys find overused these days? Oh, what are the kids saying these days? You guys are kids. <laughs> <laughs> not when you work here. Just like dogs. What did Nathaniel say oh. that was odd? What did he say? Well, what did he say that was odd? Oh, yucky. Yo oh, yeah. I do something. Something was like, yucky. yucky. I'm like, what yucky? do you mean? Yeah, um, he's like, that looks sick. I'm like, ah. Oh. That makes my sense. Oh, you mean yucky's a yucky's positive? Good. Yeah, yeah. that good. threw me off. Yeah. My 15-year-old says, oh, that looks aesthetic. And I'm like, that is not the definition of that word. <laughs> that looks and my 13-year-old says, oh, they made me feel discluded. That is discluded. also not a word. <laughs> They're just making up shit these days? Is that what's going on? I don't, I don't. Kids these days. Anything or no? Me, no. After no. things I say. What's your favorite? What's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Nineteen you know, ninety-five like, Chevy Silverado. You know, eventually, Aaron, you're gonna get a Porsche, right? Right. It's just it's like it's what every plumber I know has. I know it's crazy. Feel you just gotta devil. decide what color. That's all it is, man. <laughs> Guys, work harder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, my brain is only thinking naughty things. Um. We're talking about cars. Oh, sorry. I thought you said favorite thing to ride. Um, favorite no, thing to ride. <laughs> sorry. Edit. Well, that could be a favorite vehicle. Let's move on. Jay, Jay, Jay you talk cars. Your favorite vehicle. My, my new work vehicle. What's yours? Oh, I'm going to say a Porsche. I'm never getting brought anywhere GT3, again. GT3, be nice. No particular vehicle? No? Um... I, I I have fun being a passenger, I guess. Totally cool. What do you guys miss from your childhood? My father. Too far. That was for me. Not <laughs> <laughs> There's a line. I line. I just paused. I went dark real quick. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> cartoons on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I got to agree with the code on that one, man. Cartoons? Just What, what were you morning. guys watching on a Saturday morning? Because I know what I was watching on a Saturday morning. Like, Attack we're of the Killer Tomatoes. Rugrats? I don't know. 
No, Road back in my day, what would it have been? Cartoons would have been uh, Transformers, like the original one. Yeah. Way, way back. The yeah. Torals. Yeah, exactly. What do you, yeah. I would have been like, I caught Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes. I'd get the re- replays yeah. and reruns. But yeah. Oh, yeah. My time, my time would have been like, SpongeBob was popping off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. Oh, man. <laughs> Are you. You going with your dad? <laughs> 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 if you guys can master Just the skill. <laughs> if you guys can master the skill outside of your own expertise, what would it be? Sparky. Anything else you want to yeah, You want to be an electrician? Uh, I want to be. But any sort of sports or athleticism, anything. That just eludes me. Mm, say that again, sorry. Uh, if you guys can master a skill outside of your own, what would it be? Mm. <laughs> Maybe more control in personal life, I'd say. Mastering a skill. Um, at the moment, I feel like, you know, having a good handle on um, marketing, you know, being able to brand yourself. And if I was handier on a computer and stuff like that, I wouldn't have to pay someone else to do it. So, yeah. You have the time for it? No. <laughs> <laughs> then you've already solved the problem yeah. there. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you guys like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You were right. I would love God to say I was right about everything. That would just be like, of course. Here's your dad. <laughs> Should have went with Dewald. <laughs> Should have went with Dewald. <laughs> I, that that one. Says that. <laughs> I can see him saying that. <laughs> Jay? He says to me. No more soldering up here, man. <laughs> you can take a break. Shit rolls downhill in my rope top now. <laughs> awesome, guys. I really appreciate the time. Thank you yeah, so much, man, for sharing awesome. so much. For for and stuff. I know it's a little awkward for you guys to get, get on the mic and just talk about your craft and your trade, but. There's a lot of value. There's a lot of people out there that are listening to these stories, and they they totally respect it. So it's all good. good Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks Thanks so much. Everybody check them out, and you're always hiring, right? Yeah, we're always hiring, yeah. doesn't matter if they're a co-op student or apprentice. No, just uh, regardless, we we put it all in in on keep it on file, and yeah, once we're ready to go. Stay in touch. That's all it is. Call me. I'll give you my email to send me the resume. That's it. Simple as that. What is the phone number for you guys to reach you guys? 905-531-4111. I may have done that before. Admin at epnd.com. That's it. Thank you very much, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Angelina, we're out of here.